So if your superintendent walked in right now to your office and said, you know what, you get a raise because you're listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. No, I'm just joking. I wish that were true. I can't say leaders that we do support formally in a mastermind have seen promotions and, you know, the money will follow. But what I really wanted you to think about is if your superintendent walked into your office today and said, you know, I, I know you love this school, Ruckus Maker, but we're moving you to the elementary school or the middle school or the high school in the, in the district, right? How would you feel? How would you respond? You know, would you be excited? Would you be a little bit fearful, anxious? Who knows? But who do you have in your corner that you could unpack like, what do I do now? Or how, you know, how do I talk about this with my superintendent? Maybe I don't want to move, right? Well, anyways, today's guest, and Chuck was on the show last week as well. Uh, and if you didn't listen to that show, go back and listen. He, he serves two different campuses, and uh, he has some interesting lessons to share about how to serve those distinct different campuses, right? And still do a great job. Well, today we're here to talk about Chuck's mastermind experience. And one of the things that we helped him through is the situation, the scenario that I unpacked or uh, introduced, I should say, in this introduction, right? The idea that, you know, a superintendent can do this and say, we're moving you, but maybe you don't want to move and, and, and you have a lot of questions and you're not sure how it's going to go, right? And so he needed a safe space, right? With trusted advisors to process this and we helped him through it. We helped them through a number of things. And so you can hear Chuck's candid uh, description of what his mastermind experience has been like. And I think you'll love this episode too, especially if you've been considering joining really what's the world's best professional development opportunity for school leaders. Uh, you can learn more at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash mastermind. And hey, I'm Danny, chief ruckus maker at BLBS. This show is for you, a ruckus maker, which means you invest in your continuous growth you challenge the status quo, and you design the future of school now. And we'll be right back after some messages from our show sponsors. Learn how to successfully navigate change, shape your school's success, and lead your teams with Harvard's Certificate in School Management and Leadership. Get world-class Harvard faculty research specifically adapted for pre-K through 12 schools. Self-paced online professional development that fits your schedule. Get started at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. Last year, teachers using TeachFX increased their student talk by an average of 40%. TeachFX uses AI to help teachers see the power of high-leverage teaching practices in their own classroom-level data. It's like having a personal instructional coach on your phone, your tablet, or laptop. Start your free pilot at teachfx.com slash betterleaders. Why do students struggle? I'd argue that they lack access to quality instruction, but think about it. That's totally out of their control. What if there was something we could teach kids then? What if there was something within their control that would help them be successful in every class? And it's not a magic pill or a figment of your imagination. When students internalize executive functioning skills, they succeed. Check out the new self-paced online course brought to you by our friends at Organized Binder that shows teachers how to equip their students with executive functioning skills. 
You can learn more at organizedbinder.com slash go. Hey, Ruckus Makers, uh, Danny here. I'm back with uh, Dr. Chuck Warfield. And listen, uh, we had an awesome conversation in the, in the first podcast before this. Uh, go back to that. Chuck is in a really interesting position in that he serves as principal two schools at the same time. He has figured out how to multiply himself <laughs> and be in two places at the same time. But there's a lot of insights there, right? And a lot of interesting things in terms of uh, how he has identified different strengths, connected with different parents. So you'll want to listen. Plus, his dissertation was on distributed leadership. And we talked about that toward the end of the episode. Now, today, today we're here to talk about the mastermind. Uh, Chuck is a ruckus maker. And he's been in our mastermind community for years. And one of the things that I hear time and time again, when I talk to somebody new and they're about to join it, you know, they're like, what is it? And often, you know, when I, when I talk to veteran members, what they tell me is, you know what, it's just, it's kind of like, you just have to experience it. Well, great, (laughs) but that doesn't provide clarity. You know what I mean? For people who might want to dip their toe in and take their leadership to even greater heights. So the purpose of today's conversation is really to, to give you a, a concrete look into the mastermind experience. And I, and I told Chuck to be candid, you know, warts and all, what's it like? And so here we go. Chuck, welcome back to the second round of the BLBS podcast with you. Danny, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Good to welcome to you. By the way, yeah, you know, most people, it takes years to get their second episode. For you, it literally took minutes. So <laughs> this is fun. All right. Uh, Tell me about life and leadership, I guess leadership specifically, before you join the mastermind. Yeah. Thanks again for having me back, Danny. Yeah, being being a, a school leader is awesome. It's great fun. I mean, you're you're working with young people, you're working with uh uh educated people, you're working with people that really care about kids. So there are a lot of things that you have in common. But as the principal, like you're it. You're it. Like the ultimate the, the, you know, the, the, as, as the saying goes, the buck stops here. And like, this, this is it. This is your, you're the one who makes the final decision on many, many things. So, and you know, uh, when you make decisions, not a hundred percent of the people agree necessarily. So making those decisions can be tough. And being a principal, in spite of the fact that you're in a, a school full of people, being a principal can be lonely. Yeah. Right. Got it. In, uh, just let me know if this resonates with you or not. Sure. It, it, it doesn't with everyone. But was there was there like a low point or a rock bottom moment, you know, where you just realized, ah, something has to change, right? And if, if you did experience that, what was it? And if not, we'll move on to another question. Yeah, I didn't, I wouldn't say I ever felt that. I mean, early in my administrative career, I knew that as, a, as an AP, as an assistant principal, I realized that, um, I wanted to be a principal. Yep. But like, I felt like I, it was something that I wanted to, uh, wanted to follow. It was a, a, a goal I wanted to achieve. Um, but no, nah, I didn't feel like I was rock bottom. I just knew that I needed to change. Yeah. Got it. So maybe a better question would be, but what was one of the bigger challenges or struggles you had as a school leader? I think growing into, um, the position, like I, I, as, as a principal, I had, preconceived ideas of how I wanted the school to roll out, how I wanted the school to look, how I wanted the school to feel. 
Um, and I had to get past the fact that it wasn't just me that I needed to satisfy that really, you know, I was trying, I needed to take a step back and see what every, how everyone felt and where we needed to go that I was, you know, I needed to be a consensus builder and then take the, take the school in that particular direction, which wasn't necessarily the way I wanted it to be. Got it. When you joined the mastermind, you might've had a goal, right? Or a result you wanted to achieve. Do you remember if you had that? And if you did, why was it important to you? I, I didn't have a specific goal, you know, okay. smart goal, like by the end of yeah, yeah. where I want to be able to do that. But I, I wanted to tap into the expertise of, of others that were in the same situation. It's not, yep. you know, not, there are not a lot of principles in the country. Yeah. So to be able to sit and have a conversation on a regular basis with people who are doing the same job as me or similar, it's uh, really important. Yep. You know, I, I, if you don't mind me just going off slightly on a tangent here, I mentor new principals. Right. So it's part of our mentorship. We get together, our, the, my colleagues who are also mentors, we, we each have one or two newer uh, administrators and we get together and we talk and those, those conversations are, are great. Um, you know, we learn from each other. I mean, I learn from, from the other mentors. I also learn from the brand new principals. And I like to believe that the new principals learn from us and we share experiences, but it's once a month. And the, you know, the, the, the new principals are only with us for a couple of years and then they move on. They, they get their permanent certification and no longer required to be part of our group. But that group environment to me is so attractive because there's so many ideas floating around there and there's so many things that, um, so many initiatives by the state, so many changes in the code, so many changes in the law or, or whatever else is coming out. And to be able to talk around those things with other professionals is really important. So I think that may have been a goal for, of mine to find that, that group where I can bounce ideas off of and think that would have been my goal. Yeah, yeah. Having that group, right? I mean, and being able to express what the hard parts are, the hard bits, you know, share vulnerably what you don't know. Or even yeah. when you've you've uh, you've done something, it's like, okay, now I need to clean up, right? And that people get it to support you. I think that's important. Yeah. And then, uh, or the positive, right? I've got this really exciting idea, you know, I, I want to implement. Here's what I've got planned so far. And then getting great feedback from peers yep. who also get it. So important. How'd you find out about the mastermind? Actually, the leader of one of the groups was my my kid's principal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so we were talking about it. Um, he reached out to me and said, yeah, I think you'd be perfect. You'd be a great, you know, member of our group. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, from there it took off. It's like, ah, oh, that sounds great. You know, and I jumped in with both feet. So. So you jumped in with both feet. Did Did you have a, a fear or reservation about joining? Actually, no, <laughs> not at all. Maybe I should have, but I did. Oh, okay. This is great. The only hesitation that I had was confidentiality because some of the members of our group sure. were, were not everyone, but a couple of us are local. Yeah. And so I just wanted to make sure that, you know, that was something that was important to everyone. And we, you know, that was a norm, you know, 
one of the rules that we set. It is. What we talk about in Mastermind needs to stay in, you know. It's just yeah. like Vegas. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was my only hesitation, Danny. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you said you jumped in, right, with both feet. So everybody's different, you know, and that's why I love asking these similar questions. Yeah, sure. Uh, because I think it resonates with a ruckus maker who wants to join the community. There's people ready to go. There's people who are like, ah, what about that time commitment? Or there's a, there's the confidentiality piece or, you know, there's, there's a financial cost. So there's different reasons. Um, people, you know, might, might have some reservations. So that's why, that's why I ask. When you first started, you know, Using the mastermind, do you remember what that was like? You know, like that first meeting or first few meetings. I don't know. It's, it's a while ago. Yeah. When I think back, uh, I remember I was actually nervous. Yeah. Got to be honest. I mean, I was super excited and like, this is going to be awesome. But when that first time came around, the, the first couple couple weeks, I was like, oh. Nervous right. how? Like why? What what was going um, on? Just, I don't know. I Nervous, I I guess. Because I wasn't sure what to expect, even though I read all the, you know, I was, was on the website, read your book and everything, yeah. you know, I still, to be actually, to, to be vulnerable like that, to put your, because you are putting yourself out there a little bit. Right. At, at first. And then, and now it's like you're putting yourself out there and asking, you know, asking your colleagues to hold up the mirror, help you look at yourself. But and initially, it's a little uncomfortable. Just you know, am I? Do I sound stupid? Do I sound like I'm not? I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm. You know, am I as bright as the people in the room here? Like, can I? Can they're bright? Yeah. To them, you know. Um, so for me, I'm not saying that's you know everybody feels that way. That's kind of how I was. Like, all right, I think I I think I fit in here, but you know, let's make sure that this is a nice a nice match. So right. Right. Did anything surprise you when you joined? Like, huh, I didn't see that coming. I think, yeah. Uh, initially, just how welcoming everyone was. Just to, when the when the group started, you know, uh, I, I believe I was a founding member of the Hopefuls. Mm -hmm. Had been others. Like Gene was, uh, the leader was was in a group. Yeah. And um, you know, Kirk was in and out of the, out of the group. Sure. So, um, but I was just I was surprised at at how how cordial, how friendly, how how open everybody was. It's just a it was right from the bat, you know, right from the day one. It was just a, a really comfortable experience. Good. And that's what we want. You know, in, in the book I talk about the yeah. ABCs of powerful professional development, which is like a trademark, you know, proprietary way we set up the mastermind and that bees belonging, right? Yep. We we want to be a very inclusive, welcoming space, uh, because <laughs> You know, really, where else do school leaders have that, you know? And so we, we want to be the best. And so I'm glad you you experienced it that way. How about like the hardest part? Was there a hardest part of using or participating in the mastermind? Lately, to be honest. Yeah. Like keeping up with the, the reading. Okay. Like like I have gotten, uh, you know, sometimes, and, and it has happened a couple of times in my experience. Like I, I sit down and I want to read. But my family life gets in the way. Sure. Professional life sometimes gets in the way. Yeah. So I I need to get caught up. So it's like it ebbs and flows. Sometimes I'm ahead. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, because I know that I'm going to, there will be a time when I get behind. Right. So that that was probably the most challenging for me. Um, 
the time commitment sometimes can get in the way because I have I have children and they have other things that need to occur after school, like practices or games or whatever. So, you know, balancing that can be a, a little challenge, a little challenging too. But those are the two the two things I think that can be a little tricky. Yeah. Yeah. But invest the time in the program, I mean, you know, and invest in yourself, then you know, you then kind of step into to that role and you get you have to you have to push through it. Yeah, you certainly get out what you put in. That's for sure. And so the more you're able to engage, the more you know you'll see in your own professional life and leadership grow. Uh, yeah, and you can't make up real life. So there's stuff that's gonna happen with school and kids, and that's okay, you know, and then you'll miss here and there. The reading, just to, for context for the listener, you know, uh, or viewer of this video, we read one book every two months, right? And it depends. Some are shorter, some are a little bit lengthier. And so that's probably why, Chuck, you're saying it ebbs and flows. So maybe based on... And the thing is, is like Tiny Habits is what we just, you know, read. That book is awesome, but it is, it's not technical, difficult to read. But there, it's dense. It's it's a little bit long, right? And then some places you're like, okay, you could have gotten to the point quicker. But I will tell you that model for me, I don't. I'd love to know if you agree. That was a paradigm shifter in terms of how people create habits, and then how I could help my teams, right? Influence like what we want to see them do. So was it was it good for you as well? Yeah, same. It was the same for me. Uh, just that that idea of of. Um, like you said, um, the working with a team yeah. in small pieces and small bits um, with a larger goal in mind, just kind of, I don't know, it made sense to me. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Well, I appreciate you uh, you sharing that. And one more note, this last thing I'll say about reading, we don't read books in education. So not because they're bad or wrong, anything wrong with them. Uh, my assertion is that school leaders are already exposed to a lot of that material and are probably already reading that and maybe the district's band-aiding it or they're just personally interested, which they should be. So one of my goals is to expose people to books they would just never pick up. And that's what I hear feedback-wise all the time. And I get a thank you because this one has changed you know, everything for me and I never would have gotten to that book. So just wanted to note that. All right, this question may sound weird, but Chuck, did you ever feel like you wanted to quit and if you did, how did you overcome that feeling? Actually, no. I, that sounds okay. Poke, but some people say yes, some people say no. So go on. Yeah, no, I never, I never really got to the point where I like felt like I needed to quit or like I wanted to quit. I love education. All I ever wanted to be was aside from a second baseman. I wanted to play for the Philadelphia Phillies. Go Phils. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to be in education. That's all I ever wanted to be. So. So I never felt like oh, that's it. I'm done. I'm never coming back. There have been times where I felt overwhelmed, you know, and there have been, yeah. anxious, there, there have been anxious moments through, throughout my career. I mean, even this year, you know, but I never really felt like like I, I want to quit. It's interesting, though. I mean, I am considering what's next. Sure. You know, I've been here 20 years. I've been in education almost 30 years. So, you know. Right. Yeah. Starting to consider, you know, what's what's next on the horizon. But, yeah. you know, but I never got to the point in any of my my settings or situations where I felt like I wanted to quit. Okay. 
Cool. Well, Chuck, we're going to pause here really quick for some messages from our sponsors and ruckus makers watching or listening. You'll want to stick around because uh, guess what? We're going to talk about results. We're in the results business. And I, I want to hear about some of those things that Chuck's been able to achieve as part of being the in the mastermind. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is proudly sponsored by Harvard's Certificate in School Management and Leadership. I know many mastermind members and many ruckus makers who listen to this show that have gone through the program and have loved the experience. But don't just take it from me. Let's hear how some of the Harvard faculty describe the impact and their heart for this program. I want ruckus makers to remember that leaders have so much power in enabling other leaders and adults and students in their building. They are the levers. They are the levers that allow greatness to happen in all corners of their schools. Learn more about the program and apply at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. When classrooms come alive with conversation, teachers and students both thrive. Last year, teachers using TeachFX increased their student talk by an average of 40%. Can an app really do that? Even trying something like embracing extra wait time to create space for student talk can feel like a risk. But with TeachFX, teachers see the power of those practices in their own classroom level data. It's like having a personal instructional coach on your phone, tablet, or laptop. Best of all, ruckus makers can start a free pilot with their teachers today. Go to teachfx.com slash better leaders to learn how and get started. That's right. Go to teachfx.com slash better leaders and start your free pilot with TeachFX today. I have never met an educator or a parent who does not want their child to develop executive functioning skills. They may not know the language around what these skills are, but they know they want their students to succeed. Having these skills is largely left up to chance. What's going on there? Research shows that executive functioning needs to be taught explicitly. All students need daily practice with organizational skills, time and task management, self-regulation, and goal setting. Lucky for you, our friends at Organized Binder have released a new self-paced course that will teach you how to teach these executive functioning skills and set your students up for success. Learn more at organizedbinder.com go. Teach your students executive functioning skills and set them up for success at organizedbinder.com slash go. All right. And we're back with uh, Dr. Chuck Warfield. And Chuck, you know, what was what was the first big win you got in the mastermind or a moment you realized, oh, this, this process is working for me? Oh, geez. My first big win? Oh, wow. I'd have to think back. <laughs> you know... Being in the hot seat yeah. was was something that w- was probably the biggest and earliest thing. My, my first time in the hot seat with just experiencing that um, was, was huge for me. Managing um, the, my potential move was big. Um, you know, I've been in these two buildings for quite some time and I was, there was suggested, a suggestion by my superintendent to move schools. Yeah. And the conversations I had with, with the folks in, in my mastermind really helped me through that process, you know, 
And, and even though it never, it didn't come to fruition, I wound up staying where I was. Just that those conversations were huge for me. Yeah. And, you know, things to think about, things to, to look at, things to consider, you know, as, as I was starting to move, make this change. And then when it fell apart, you know, they were there to, to walk me through that, you know, through that piece as well. So, you know, the advice and the conversations and knowing that someone was going to be there on a regular weekly basis was really important for me. Can we go a little deeper? Like, why, why is it important or how did it help? Because, you know, we're talking to people right now that don't have a mastermind experience. So yeah. maybe you can exp- explain a bit in your view what the hot seat is, because, I, you know, I'll talk about it all the time. Sure. So yeah. how would you describe the hot seat? And then, yeah, why was that helpful or how did it help? Well, the hot seat is a time when you, as a member of a mastermind group, can bring a problem or an issue uh, to the group. Um, to help you work through, talk about, uh, and get ideas. Basically, what it is, you you present the idea, or you present the issue, rather. Um, members of your group ask questions. They ask questions, clarifying questions of you, yeah. and you can answer them. And then they ask questions to the group, yeah. where you're really not supposed to say anything. And it's, that's difficult for me sometimes. But, you know, they, they kind of talk around you and, and throw out ideas, and they kind of walk through the problem a little deeper um, among among themselves, and then you get a chance to to interject a little bit and then explain the ideas that that you think might might be helpful or you know things that you're going to take away, ideas that you'll take away from from the conversation. So for me, you know, facing the uh, a, a change, you know, that, that was that was really significant for me. Yeah. That we all love change, right? Except for what happens to you. Sure. <laughs> so just that whole the process, wrapping my head around it, like they there were some there were some really good questions. And I I brought that to the hot seat more than once. You know, I brought that that potential move to the hot seat on, on a number of occasions. And, you know, we got through they my colleagues in the mastermind really helped me frame it, come up with some ideas. Understand my my hesitation, my trepidation, what I was of what you know, assuring me that things were going to be okay. Um, all of that, I got all of that from from the mastermind. And at the end, when it when I it turned out that I was not moving, um, my again, I brought that to the mastermind. We talked about it, and you know, how's the, what's the best way to, for me to respond, and how do I help the, the new person that's actually going to come in? Yeah. Um, and it was really good conversations, very helpful. What do you think would have happened if you didn't have the hopefuls? That's the mastermind cohort. Well, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I would have sought out, you know, a conversation from somebody, but I don't. I don't think that the 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 depth of the conversation would have been there. I don't think I would have been able to think about to think it through like I did. I mean, being asked to present the problem and then just sit and listen to other folks talk about it. Let you kind of view it from a different perspective. Got it. Or listen to the the issue from with a different set of years. Just it's a really good process. Yeah. Cool. Glad it works for you. So we we started this conversation. You know, I asked you what life and leadership was like before the mastermind. What's it like now that you've been a member for years? What what's life and leadership like? For for me, it's it's knowing that it, it's knowing that I have colleagues. 
um, to be there to help, you know, talk through anything. It's nice to know that I'm not alone in, in this profession that, you know, people from across the country are facing similar issues. I find that very, I find that fascinating that, you know, a, a, a principal in New Jersey is having the same issues as a director in Minnesota or an assistant principal in California. We're all kind of struggling with the same, same, same issues. Um, slightly different because of, of the location, but really they're pretty similar. So um, that's fascinating. Hearing ideas and ways that people have uh, addressed certain challenges is just, is, is so helpful for me. And, and again, knowing that, you know, I'm, I'm part of a greater community. I'm not alone, you know, being able to bounce ideas off of, of other educational leaders, really important for me. Hey, can you unpack that like I'm a fourth grader? Like, why, why is that important? That connection that we're going through similar things or the ideas you get, why is that so important to you, Chuck? For me, so knowing that this isn't just a crazy idea that I came up with that other people are, are have thought it through uh, is important. Or hearing from someone who tried something similar and hearing that it didn't go so well and trying to find out why reasons why things didn't work the way that that I thought they would work. Well, you know, what am I not seeing? What am I not thinking about? I haven't thought about this through the lens of, you know, this group of people, or I haven't thought about um, this issue through this con- this lens. You know, just lots of different perspectives help um, shape an idea, help shape an answer. And, you know, when you do anything alone, you know, it's it's just... It could be nerve wracking, was as especially when you're at what what you decide affects you know 100, 200, 300, 500 people. Yeah. So being able to to have a conversation with someone from a you know a completely neutral perspective, you know, is, is, right. Yep. That's the point. They don't have a horse in the race, so to speak, because they're not in the same building or system. They don't have the same bias. Right. They're they're pro you. So in your your case, pro Chuck. Right. They want you to win. Uh, but because they had that detachment, they can give you really good feedback that you need to hear, you know? Uh, and so that, that is, thank you for highlighting that for me. Um, that's great. I hope it resonates with the, the listener or somebody watching. Okay. So, um, just a couple more questions, then we're done. What, what advice would you have for somebody who was in a similar situation as you, uh, prior to the mastermind? What would you tell them? If you're thinking about joining mastermind, yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. I would, I would definitely, um, I would definitely suggest it, recommend it. The, the regular interaction that you have. I mean, we meet once a week, and I look forward to those to those times. Uh, and and you know, I'm disappointed when there have been times when I haven't been able to join. It happens, yeah. and I, I miss the I miss those meetings when I'm not a part of. So you know, it's it's a great place to 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 join and to get that that feedback and that have that interaction and and get those those uh points of view from folks and you get a chance to see how leadership is across the country um something i would highly recommend awesome how would you describe your mastermind experience chuck in either a word or a phrase i've said it before danny and and i i still um i will still hold to it you know feel like a mastermind I found my people. Yes. I love that. Found your people. 
Anything else you want to share? That's the last question. No, just Danny, thank you for uh, for all that you do for all of us. For uh, pleasure, up with this uh, the, this whole mastermind idea, and you know, I I value my time spent in our in our meetings and and every all aspects of it. So it's it's important to me, and I'm appreciative of the whole program. So thank you, thank you, Chuck. You know, ruckus makers are changing the world. That's it. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.